Hello and welcome everyone back to another episode of Not Fighting. I am your host, joined alongside me by my sidekick, Jenna Bishop. I'm Tyler Bishop, of course. Do you like I'm your sidekick? Yeah. No, I feel like you're my sidekick. <laughs> yeah. If most, anything, come yeah, on. I'm what? Batman, you're Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought if I framed it that way, you would immediately have a response. <laughs> you know me well. Yeah, I do. And I think that that's, that's one of those things that I think uh, just in general, like um, when people get warmed up to us, yeah, um, like our podcast listeners, for example, yeah, uh, I think a lot of times like uh, I'm, I'm kind of the softer one up front. <laughs> people will always uh, reference I will it. disagree. <laughs> Um, um, I know you've been told before you have RBF. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't really respond to that. Yes. But I think yes, it's funny I have been because, told that. like, realistically, if uh, the warmer and more empathetic uh, between the two of us is definitely you. Yes. But I think, like, uh, I probably give off that sort of, like, oh, he seems really nice, like, and friendly. And realistically, it's like. My, like, initial exterior is very, like. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Do you want to fight me? <laughs> yes. I have a problem with you. But I'm actually like more warm and concerning. Yeah. Or in, yeah. And and you love animals. And I feel like that those two qualities go together where it's like you almost have to earn that person's sort of like, I don't want to say affection that makes it sound like you're, makes it sound like you're a bad person. <laughs> no, but I know what you're going with. It's not you have to earn my affection. Affection. You have to earn my trust, where I feel like you might be more trusting up front. I'm. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know that I'm more trusting up front. I don't know that trust is the right thing to t- that we're the word that we're like. Yeah, describing. yeah. I don't, I don't know feel like right any word. of us are like, or either of us are trusting. I think your default state is skeptical, and my yes. default state is like, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like it's kind of the same. But mine has more of a negative connotation. Yeah. That's why we complement each other well. I feel like, (laughs) uh, you know, like we both, we both are arriving at the same conclusion where it's like, I want to evaluate this person. You're like, let me wait and see. And I'm like, let me go poke them and figure out. And I'm like, "Mm, prove to me. And then all our friends are like, why were you poking me? Like physically poking me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I want to see. Want Jen- to see. <laughs> we want to see how you respond. Jen was going to evaluate you and let me know. <laughs> Which one of the two of us do you think is actually a better judge of character, though? Me. Immediately, you didn't even think about it. I was like thinking about it as I was asking the question. You just responded immediately. No, because you know. Here's the thing. Because I think um, where this is something that I don't like about myself, where I am like kind of judgmental up front. Um, I also do think it makes me very aware of when people are like just full of it. Like, uh, like we always say, like I have like a good BS detector and I'm just like, get that out of here. Like I can tell when you're whatever. And, um, me trying to not be that way has kind of burned me here recently. Like trying to like give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And, uh, it's burned me a couple of times and against my better judgment. Yeah, but so, you again, know, back to the question. Like, I am a better, better judge, judge of character. character. I'm a better judge of character. I mean, you, you kind of just like you threw your own track record under the bus there. No, no, no. I'm saying me trying to like just be a nicer human and more open and has like 
burned me. Which one of us do you think? So I think that my salty, like just negative character is better. better. (laughs) Yeah, that's where I don't need to be a better human. I'm perfect. (laughs) That's where the yes comes from. It's like your default state is elitism. Which one of the yours? (laughs) Which one of the two of us do you think would be a better politician? You for sure. I can't be a politician because there's no way that I could deal with those people where you can like, that's why, that's why I think I'm a, I don't know. See, I, I actually, mm. I question this because I think you're going to be way more careful about what you say. And if you take Donald Trump out of the equation, uh, <laughs> I think, I think all you look at someone like me and then I like get off stage at a rally and they're like, remember how you said you were going to raise taxes? And I was like, I was just speaking off the cuff. They're like, yeah, but you said that thing about raising taxes. I was like, I'll just tell them I didn't mean it. No, but I'm not somebody who can speak to like large groups of people. And that's what you do. Like I'm better one on one. So I would be good as like the behind the scenes person for a politician. But you would be better as the face. Mm -hmm. So you would be the better politician. Like you would be the better Joe Biden and I would be the <laughs> the rest of the Democratic Party. Everyone else that's telling him what to do. <laughs> um, yeah, Not I, to get too political here, but we're talking about politicians. We, neither of us, I think, would make great politicians because I think you do let me get up in front of people. Like I'm going to be like, hey, everybody, uh, politics is magic. And they'd like, <laughs> be like, no, this guy. It's like falling downstairs and stuff. Yeah, I might do that. Like. <laughs> I mean, when Biden <laughs> fell down the stairs, he fell up the stairs. Yeah, this is worse. We need to stop paying attention to like how presidents get along in terms of going up and down stairs on planes. Or like if that's what we're caring about, maybe just like put a turn, like a limit on how old they can be. Yeah, or how <laughs> many stairs they can go up. That's why we're talking about it because we are like he's old and not competent to run this country, right? Like that's what people are worried about. That's the about. insinuation. That's yeah. Of, that's like, what the the worry negative perception. Yes, yeah. and so it's just like. Yeah, like if they're not allowed to be that old and run the country, then <laughs> this problem solved. <laughs> we yeah. ain't got to worry about that. <laughs> well, didn't, uh, uh, dang it, wasn't Franklin Roosevelt, didn't he have polio and had to be in a wheelchair and they like tried to hide that for a long time? Uh, sounds, sounds right. Well, I don't know. Do your own research. Yeah. But <laughs> I know he was in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder like, uh, if, if, what would we hide if we were politicians? Like, what is the thing that we're like, we can't let them know about, like, Tyler not having any ACLs. So they'll be like, <laughs> I don't trust a guy with no ACLs. That's something you want to hide from your opponents in a jiu-jitsu tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, not really, because it's hard to knee bar you because you don't have ACLs. It's true. Like, uh, the, there was a, a couple of weeks ago, I was rolling with uh, JJ. Mm-hmm. And uh, JJ got, had, like, a knee bar, heel hook situation going on. I'm, dead to rights jj you had it but he was like looking at me and then he was like looking at professor johnny and johnny was like shaking his head just like i don't know it seems like you got it and i was like <laughs> you do got it but just like for whatever reason i like, got a lot of mobility yeah, there's a life. lot of room here so like I <laughs> a lot of extra yet. mobility <laughs> i'll let you know <laughs> yeah i uh, i always say you need three out of the four like yeah. ligaments of the knee and um yep if uh, you've got... I mean, I know some people that are getting away with just one. Justin? I'm not going to call anybody out. I don't know who it was. <laughs> Someone not named Justin. <laughs> one of the two. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's one of those things you... This is something you and I like kind of, I, I would say, subscribe to is like a 
general philosophy. We, we agree on a lot of things, but one of the things I mm-hmm. think is, um, you know, I've had an orthopedic doctor that told me this and I've obviously bought and subscribed to it, but it's the idea that like, if you injure something, a surgery is what you do whenever like it doesn't get better. Or it doesn't return to normal function. But yeah. like, let's say you, you break something, you tear something, you don't necessarily have to have a surgery to repair it. You really just need to get back like your normal function. So if that's being a high level athlete, that's being a high level athlete. Mm-hmm. If it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Being able to get your coffee in the morning. I don't know. I don't know what normal people do, but yeah, it's that. Yeah. What I mean, do you, do you think that there's flaws in that? Like, do you wholesale subscribe to that the way I do? No, I do. Maybe more so than you do. Whoa. Double down. You're the no. one making like the <laughs> the extreme statements. You know, I've been married to you for a long time. So. Yeah, you know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that, no, I would agree with that because like, you know, adding, having a surgery is another injury on top of an injury. So if your yeah. injury is going to like, if your body is like, the body is like capable of these crazy workarounds. I was talking about this with somebody, I don't even remember who, so I'm not going to go in there, but it was just like, it was they gave an example of like how the body like kind of worked around uh, some kind of injury or whatever and it's just like yeah like you don't always just need to like surgery right away because you might learn to function without it and yeah there might be other things like you need, you're going to have to rehab you're going to have to do those things but you don't have to like necessarily just resort to surgery yeah. and uh, adding another injury to your injury i don't know so for me like less doctors the better yeah, no, I agree, and I I I'm have a, a very- I'm a big believer in stem cells, um, because I've had them and like, had like that really. They exist. I believe that they exist. Unlike birds, and uh, not on birds; those are on machines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I believe that like, and I, and I think that like there's a lot of really cool things in modern medicine happening, but. Um, I don't know that surgery is always the best option. Surgery is the option that you need when something's not getting better on its own. Yeah, surgery is a really serious option if you think about it because we will at some point have other methodologies that are probably like more sophisticated. So we'll look back at the time that we like physically like cut open our bodies with, you know, sharp objects and then like, you know, hammered or screwed things in their bones like my first ACL repair. Uh, didn't you watch the video? Yeah. Like, and how did that even happen? So honestly, like looking back, I'm like, I don't remember signing like a HIPAA thing to like, so when they did my ACL surgery, I'm like a 17 year old. Yeah. Kid. You're 17. So you didn't sign anything. Your mom did. Yeah. So she probably did. So Holly she, didn't. She got bullied into it. Mom, come on. Like, how are you going <laughs> to let me get bullied into being like a science experiment? But uh, apparently when they did my surgery, uh, they had it in one of those classes where it's like other doctors could watch and they're like, now look, see, we're going to just cut it open. Oops. Well, we cut the wrong one open. So that one back up. They, they didn't. didn't do they that. Didn't, they didn't, didn't do, do that. that. They did write an X on my other knee, which made me nervous. They're just like, not this knee. And I was like, you need the markers to know? Like, Did you have to sign your knee? Initial it? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that was a thing until like one of our friends, she just had a surgery and her repaired. And I was like, oh, she's like, yeah, I can't get this freaking marker off. I feel like there's no way that holds up in like a real courtroom where they're like, he signed his own knee. He initialed it. <laughs> like before or after he took anesthetics and you're just like, well, I don't know. We don't know when he that was, happened. We don't know what he was taking before he got there. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, uh, yeah, so they, they, they filmed it for like a class and then uh whenever i came back in 
uh, I actually had like a complication to where my quadricep wasn't firing. So hmm. they noticed like a month after surgery, I was still using my other leg to like lift my leg up and put it like onto things. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you should be able to extend your leg by now. And I'm like, I can't. I just remember looking at my leg and not being able to extend it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, your quadricep mus- muscles aren't firing. And so they had to give me a stem machine and all that stuff. And um, I was like, basically trying to ask and find out like why that is and i just remember them wheeling in like a television monitor like it's like you know you got a substitute teacher or something <laughs> like on a cart i don't remember asking like hey do you have a video of my surgery that would make me understand why my quadriceps not firing so they hmm. wheel that in they're like you know it's a really violent surgery you never know what's gonna happen <laughs> and then they wheel this in they're like this is actually your surgery and they just fast forward and they got to this part where it's him and my knee is bent up like a 90 degree angle. If you're watching on the podcast, you can kind of see I've got my leg up like this. And there's a like the guy has like a hammer and like a pick that you would mm-hmm. like, you know, try to break up some ice. Like an axe. Yeah. yeah. And he's just hammering it. And like you can tell he's like tink tink. And then he's like, it's not a going in. More pressure. Yes. And then he like gets back mm. on it and then he's like so that's Mm-mm. why it's sore and i'm like no wonder like that doesn't seem like on a good knee. way yeah so that's a Seems roundabout barbaric. Bar- barbaric yeah so to me it's like if you tear your acl or something like that like that experience of getting it repaired and having somebody hammer in your knee like that's pretty traumatic too so mm-hmm. whatever's wrong like not only did they cut you open they used a hammer and chisel on your knee yeah, and I'm not saying, like, don't get your, like, ACL <laughs> repaired. It's definitely one of those things that I think most athletes um, need to get repaired. I saying I've had one repaired and then you didn't get it re-repaired or yeah, the other I'm not repaired. a repeat customer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice you, get, you, got, you got one chance, doctors. <laughs> yeah, one chance. You couldn't even get it right. And guess what? Now it's for the other one. <clears throat> yep. Your move. <laughs> Which is kind of something that, like, because uh, our dog tore his... his little puppy acl yeah and uh they said like cash for those that know yeah our our other male um he had we we got it repaired but the the only reason we did is because they said he would like get by without it and he'd be able to like do like function normally but arthritis would for sure be a big issue but they said that they're really likely to tear the other one if they have one weak acl Mm -hmm. so i was like i don't want him to have like no back legs that are functioning properly so we got it repaired but yeah so, yeah, so it's probably we, why yours you tore both of yours yeah and so anyways long story short is i'm willing to give my dog better care than i'm willing to give myself or i guess we <laughs> we it's are like, we, we need to get him his little dog acl repaired meanwhile it's like well you know what you can get along without it it's harder to knee bar you so it's an advantage I we guess. don't know how much pain he is in we know how much pain you're in yep so not much not enough to repair it in fact without an acl like that's a pain you don't have anymore like guess what never hurts my acl yeah but does it hurt anyway i mean my knees hurt bad (laughs) not having the acl you know (laughs) all those knee bars that i just don't tap to oh my god (laughs) so it's your choice (laughs) No, I I do think Mm. it's interesting. And uh, speaking of like injuries and stuff like that, um, I think all the time, like people ask me all the time about like, what is my worst injury? Because people seem like see my hands or whatever. Mm. They're like, oh, did that hurt? And realistically, it's like if you've ever dislocated a finger, which I have 
literally two dozen times maybe mm-hmm. it's like it's actually not painful at least not after the first time you freak out when it happens though yeah but you scream like a girl well i mean that was over exaggerated i don't scream like a girl well i i don't <laughs> <laughs> but um uh realistically it, it's more like surprising like shocking like someone yeah. jumping out of a closet at you or something where you're like ah oh, yeah okay I'm just put it back yeah. in. Also, screamed like a girl when I scared him once. So, <laughs> if you, I know what your surprise scream is, same as your your pain scream. Do you remember what I did? <laughs> for those for those that are just listening, <laughs> I came home and I didn't know Jen was home, and she like jumped out of the hallway at me, and I just go. Uh, I like slowly build the scream, but as I did, I just lifted my hands up next to my face like Home Alone, but did it so slowly. It was like the worst like reaction slash non reaction. If you know the people that say like you only have two reactions, fight or flight, <coughs> I feel like that was an example of like sometimes we don't know. Just be stricken with fear and stand still. <laughs> I was really concerned about my safety because I think at that point we hadn't been married very long. And I was like, man, is that what if there was somebody in the house and we came home? That's how you're going to respond. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you've taken the person down and they're unconscious. Yeah. Especially if they're a pedophile. Already handled the situation. (laughs) The pedophile references into our last episode. So if you didn't watch the last episode, I don't want to talk about that anymore. I'm just saying, like, I want to give press, I want to give, like, context to the pedophile statement. Okay. I just want to be throwing it out there. Like, pedophiles might be breaking into our house or something, which they might be if you have, like, that show. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would they? No, anyway, so my uh, my <laughs> long my winded point is basically like, what do you think is the worst injury, like or mo- most painful injury you've had? The most painful injury I've had. Yeah, man, I don't know honestly because I've had a lot of ones that are painful. Like you know, I've done a few things to my knees, but not completely torn them. No, you so, got good knees. Yeah, it's more like bursitis stuff, like where you like slam your knee in the mat, mm-hmm. and like it, it. That's kind of the only things I've done to my knees really bad maybe like a sprain um and ankles most painful you got like elbow everybody in jiu-jitsu i feel like has elbow but i feel like yours are worse than mine i think my elbow like one of the things with my elbow it's like it got stuck like inward and it wasn't even like a submission thing and that's like probably one of the more more painful things that's happened because it was like I remember for like a day, like I couldn't drive, like because like with that hand because was this, like was this like way turning. back when you were like a white belt or blue belt? Yep. Dang, that's no. crazy. No, I don't remember it. <laughs> there was a, when it there happened. Was a, I remember when you hurt your maybe maybe it was your shoulder, but I thought it was like you were rolling with a dude that was like a brown belt from some other place that like everybody's like who is this guy and he tried to do like a rolling omoplata to you from like a weird spot when when you were like a white belt or blue belt and i remember uh, i was hurt. a white belt um and i hurt my elbow my i think it was my shoulder and i know my elbow and shoulder because he put his whole hip through my my arm and it was straight and i think that's why all anything happens to my elbow now it's like it's kind of sore but honestly, one of the things that's the worst is like if if you've trained jujitsu long enough, like and you have you're gonna have like bad elbows, like some kind of arthritis in your elbows or tendonitis or spine. Yeah, and in all your joints. Um, but one of the things, and I've talked to multiple people, it's like when you're trying, like if your elbow gets like pushed to your your or your 
hand gets pushed to your shoulder, it's like it feels like your elbow is going to explode. Yeah. And it's not like a lung pain, but it's like it it's really intense for like a couple of seconds. Yeah. And then I'm just like, oh, I got to move my arm. Like, can't have it there. And that's probably one of the more painful things. Yeah. It's interesting because mm-hmm. I think, you know, a lot of the the injuries that you have in jiu-jitsu, the more painful stuff I always feel like is it stems. It's like not necessarily that the injury itself is bad. It's that it stems from the fact that, like, that's an injury on top of multiple injuries that you've had before. Like, that's yeah. why I was thinking back to, like, you know, you as like a white belt, blue belt, having something that was an injury and that being something yeah. that like later on ends up being, you know, like a, like a pain point. But like, you know, my neck, my knees, whatever. It's like I heard all those things playing football mm-hmm. before I ever heard them playing, yeah. playing jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I think, you know, what's one of the more painful things too that has happened is like a cauliflower ear. Mm. The one time I had it, like it's been twice that it's kind of been irritated and swollen and it's just... It's like every time you touch it, it's painful. Mm. It's like annoying. But I don't think I've had anything that's like super extreme pain for me. I don't know. Yeah, I can't think of anything either. You've been like, I mean, realistically for somebody that's been doing jujitsu. It's all like little things like banged up here and there. But, you know. Yeah. The worst I would have is like a sunburn in training jujitsu. Yeah, that's which the worst. Which is why I'm like a little bit different colored legs and shoulders right now because we went hiking today and I was <laughs> yeah. forgot sunscreen on my shoulders. Yeah. So if you're sitting someplace. Covering right now, my face, but not my shoulders. Yeah. If you're sitting someplace right now where it's like real cold or snowing, sorry for that. But yeah. It was a beautiful day in San Diego. Gorgeous. We hiked along the beach. Anyways. <laughs> um yeah, no, I think the, yeah, I mean, the sunburn thing is, like, legit. Like, nothing is worse than, like, doing, like, the the warm-up down the line drills, like, where you're doing, like, hip escapes and stuff like that. And like, first start. Ru- rubbing up against your sunburn. I'll never forget when we were in Miami. I had the worst sunburn. My skin was already peeling off, and I put my gi on, and we trained there in Miami that night, and then I got off the mat, and all my skin that was peeling was gone. Yeah. It just, like, came off inside it that was, gi. Yep, so you can get another fresh sunburn the next day. Yep, and I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and that was the fourth or fifth time that I lost a wedding ring too that that day. Oh, you did in there? I lost it at that academy. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, for those that don't know, or I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before, but I've lost a lot of wedding rings. Three, at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you I don't mean, count, like, we're the not cheap counting. We're not counting the rubber ones because I didn't buy those for you. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I've lost a few. A couple of them. First one within 48 hours of getting married. Yep. In the ocean. Yeah. You literally were like, make sure you take your wedding ring off. And like. Because it was loose. We needed to go when we got. We didn't have time before our honeymoon to go get it like refit, like resized. And you didn't try it on before then. So it was. I was like, be careful. We're going to have to get it resized. And we'd been in the water for like 15 minutes. Or not even 15 minutes, no. like 15 seconds. And yeah. so it would have had to have gotten, came off the moment I got in the water. Because yeah. when you asked me, I was like, uh-oh, I, I bet I took it off. There's no way I could have like just lost it this fast, <laughs> right? Oh, uh, little did I know that I was going to yeah. lose many more wedding rings. You could have lost it that quickly. And you did. So mm. it, it is interesting, I think, that 
you know, like you have been relatively healthy given just how active you've been in jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. especially as a competitor. Uh, I haven't been quite as fortunate, but I usually always tell people it's like in jiu-jitsu, you're going to have knees, shoulders. If you're really unlucky, both everybody gets elbows. Mm-hmm. And um, but all those things, none of them are as painful to me is a uh, staph infection that I had in my oh, lower leg. That yeah. by far was the most painful, quote unquote, injury I've ever had. Yeah, I can't speak to that, but I can speak to the what I saw from you. And you, like, couldn't even stand up because every time you would step, like, stand up, you said, like, it would, like, all just, yeah. like, just, like, blood rushing to that area would just, like, be murderous, like, pain. It was intense to the point to where I remember even, like, weeks after being treated with antibiotics in the hospital and stuff, we went to a Target and I couldn't even just uh, stand still while you were shopping oh, or yeah. whatever. I, like, literally had to keep moving because being standing still like i felt like the blood would pull or something would happen but i just basically like had to stay on the move when i was on my feet and so i was like doing a little like a tinkle dance yep (laughs) yep my tinkle dance uh, (laughs) but yeah i think uh it it is something that like ever since then i take it super seriously um just because like you have any sign of something like that and i think that that's something in jujitsu where it's like uh, I feel like so many people learn that the hard way. What, to take staph infections seriously? Yeah. I mean, they should be taken seriously. Any kind of skin infection, really, because, I mean, staph is, like, more dangerous, right? Because, like, it, it can be deadly. Or you could lose, like, a limb or, like, a lot of, like, tissue yeah. from it. So it should be taken seriously. I feel like in some places, ringworm is treated extremely seriously. In some places, it's, like, not serious at all. Yeah, and that's the thing is like if you have ringworm you should definitely like treat that and cover it up and like not be training with people exposing him but like also like i'm not too worried about it if i get ringworm it's gonna be annoying but it's not like the worst thing right (laughs) (laughs) i definitely feel like there's uh i just make sure i shower a lot i feel like we draw like a really uh like really broad uh i guess solid line there yeah i feel like people are gonna fall on one side or the other but i'm with you where i'm like if i get ringworm i'm not overly freaking out about it i'm like gonna treat it i'm gonna be respectful i'm gonna cover it Uh whatever but like i don't know i feel like i had it for like three years when i was a blue belt yeah yeah you gave it to me yeah I remember a friend of ours gave it to his wife and she didn't do jiu-jitsu and like she never let that go. No. My sister got it, but not from jiu-jitsu, from a tanning bed. Mm. I remember the worst uh, the worst ringworm I ever saw was uh, from a guy that actually came back. Uh, he was doing a tour in Iraq and when he got back, he had some weird Middle Eastern strain of uh, ringworm, but he basically had what looked like a giant map of the United States on his back. <laughs> like that's what it was shaped like it's weird that the irani like uh or whatever, middle eastern ringworm would look like um the u.s yeah uh what i thought was funny about that was he would always just be like that's how you know i'm a marine like the ringworm i got there it even is in the shape of the united states <laughs> yes and that's how he talked actually he didn't talk at all that way no really? if you're talking about who i think so yeah yeah, yeah. old school yeah yeah i'm uh but yeah, I think I, I do think that there's a certain amount of that that um, is just sort of like the culture. And I think that that's one of the things that we talk about a lot is like the culture of an academy really starts at the top. You know, like mm-hmm. the tone is kind of set by, I don't know, the head instructor or yeah. Uh, yeah. just like whatever the professor is. But it's it's interesting because it's like it's literally everything down to if people take ringworm seriously or not. 
It's very true. Excuse me. Sorry, I'm yawning. Um, I can't breathe my nose right now, so I'm not getting enough oxygen. But um, no. <laughs> Allergies. Um, no, I definitely think that that, like, stop. Every little thing that happens, like, I think, yeah, I think the head and structure the, the like the main person like that all like trickles down yeah and i think that 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 is a learning philosophy too right like if you want to learn uh like jujitsu at academy there's people that are like really open-minded people that are like really old school uh our good friend friend of the show nick mushrock shout out to nick shrock um recently he'd like gone home and he was like uh he said he was teaching like defenses to like worm guard or like uh ways to address it or whatever and i just remember like thinking at the time like going back like six seven years ago when like uh keenan was kind of the one that was like really doing a lot with the lapel stuff and Mm -hmm. uh how many people from like the old school were just like oh like just like extend your leg and like that won't work and it's not gonna work yeah Yeah. there's so much of that and i just i just remember thinking like you know there's that draws a solid line sort of like the ringworm thing where it's like you have the people that are like oh yeah don't pay attention to that that's just like this like lame trick and well it's another thing like kind of um an old school thought is um uh i remember one of my students like freaking out about getting straight ankle locked and she was a blue belt and she's like no like we were told like we're not allowed to do those like leg locks and it was like yeah no in most rule sets doing uh having a straight ankle lock like is it's legal at white belt but she was told in her school and her thing that that was wrong and you couldn't do it so like freaked out even though like she wasn't in a in a bad situation like she could have escaped it and like then doesn't even know how to handle it and i think like that's a hard line that was drawn but like it also makes it way worse for your students long term if you you just say like we don't do those techniques yeah no i agree so with that in mind like uh it actually like you and i are like lockstep aligned with that but at the same time i would say you and i both agree that like there's some like bs technique or there's like a approach to some like types of learning where it's like well maybe like not everybody can teach you something type yeah. thing you know yeah. what i mean and um yeah like where do you draw that line where you know what i mean where somebody's like working on something that you've never seen before and you're like oh no that's bs versus like oh no yeah like we should learn this i mean i don't think it's like uh i don't think you have to draw a line all the time i think there's certain things where um I, how I would draw the line and how I would approach it to my students is it like, okay, like if this is some like kind of crazy fancy technique, like something new or you're not, you, most people haven't seen, I wouldn't tell them like that it, I don't think you should just be like, no, 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 that's not going to work or that's invalid. It's like, okay, we can like figure it out and see how it's going to happen. Like, or we can be like, okay, that's cool and all. Like, I'm glad you want to like explore that, but also like, you don't even know how to do a proper hip escape or something like that. So, like, maybe we should work on the fundamentals first, but not just tell them, like, we don't do that. That's not allowed, like, making that hard and fast rule. It's, like, encourage them to, like, have a solid foundation. But but aren't you the one that loves the rules? I do love rules, 
But that doesn't mean I feel like in jujitsu, that's like there's it's something that when you know the rules, you can break the rules. Yeah. And that's something that I'm okay with because but that's only regarding technique. It's not regarding where I'm a rule follower. It's about it's not it's about like we're fighting under these this rule set, not about the technique rules. Yeah. very different it, it is funny because i do think we we think kind of similar to that in jiu-jitsu where it's like rule number one is like know the rules and like understand them and then rule number two is you can break the rules yes but like rule number two is predicated on following understanding rule one. yeah it, we were talking about somebody today where they have like a really weird style mm-hmm. and then it's like they want to teach that same principles or those those techniques that work for them but it's probably not going to work for the majority of people to their students. But it's like they also have so many years of grappling experience yeah. that it's when you when you've felt people and you've rolled like that for so long, you can understand like when this technique is going to work and not work. Yeah. And there's just like that give and take. So it doesn't make sense to show that to somebody yeah. day one. Yeah, it's like those Whereas, tricks, like those tricks work great whenever you've got ten years or twenty years of like salty experience in the room with like like top shelf jujitsu people versus like trying those tricks and you've got zero experience with people that really understand like fundamentals really well yeah yeah i think it's just a very different thing so i i don't even know yeah i mean (laughs) it's funny because you know like i am more of the like well we'll see the rules are sort of like whatever and you're more of the follower Mm -hmm. and i do think that like we complement each other in that way but i think jujitsu is where we kind of find like that marriage of like yeah there is some structure here and there are hard lines but like once you know where they are you can like kind of jump across them yeah yes when it comes to just like free form technique flowing with things not when it comes to the rules of the sport yeah that's true and um that's different that's an area where i think we complement each other and i think we actually complement each other in a lot of different traits that we have yeah. and uh that's one thing that always drives me crazy i heard something earlier this week and um it was a podcast and it was somebody that was talking about relationships and they were like well in a relationship you want to find somebody that is really similar to yourself so that you have like the same goals the same whatever you want to put yourself around people that are we just need to like have you things in common yeah, and it's not even just stuff in common, but, but it's like you want to have somebody that has like the same traits so that like you guys will have these things. Yeah, I guess in common. Yeah. 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 And, but I'm. But having things in common and being this like very, having the same personality are very different. Yeah. And I think that's what people get confused because it's like always like the cliche of like opposites attract. And I think that, um, for you and I, it's like we have so much in common and there's a lot of things like we're both very driven and like we we value a lot of the, we have like the same values, but personality wise, we're so different. Yeah. And I think that's where I think that's where people like kind of get confused in relationships. You know, it's like I don't want somebody that's the same as me because then like if we're both the same, I feel like because we're different person like in our personalities it like we actually can like um push each other like a lot like and kind of like 
I don't know, we can grow and be become like better people because we can kind of point out things or yeah. like, or I see something that you have in your personality that I'm like, I admire and it kind of inspires me to like, yeah, you know, be better at something that I don't have. Yeah. And it's, it, it's sort of the same way with me. It's like, <laughs> I can see the way that you interact with like uh, kids or women mm-hmm. in your classes and just see how much you like genuinely care about their lives and like care about them. And it sort of inspires me to want to be like, well, you know what? Like where I just maybe want to stay out of other people's business. Mm -hmm. Like maybe I'll be like a little bit more warm or like kind or welcoming because I see I see from you the example of like what that brings to your life, like the fulfillment or also just like the reward of like, oh, look, that person is like excelling in life. And it's partially because of like the energy that you put into them. Yeah. And um, I think that that's where we complement each other with the the sort of the rules thing too, where it's like, look, you these rules are here. But like if you step outside of them a little bit, check it out. Like there's yeah. some opportunities. Whereas like yeah. you'll point out to me like, look, you're trying to be really creative here, but there's like no way around it if you let the person uh, get under your head from half guard. Like that's just bad. Like yeah. there's no good yeah. that comes from that. You can, being too cute. Yeah. I have being to tell too, you that yes. a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a great great way of putting it. It's like it's like we compliment each other in that well where it's like I'll I'll get you to the point of creativity and then you'll get me like you'll pull me back from being too cute yes like you're doing too much and then you like i think that that's it's um it's really really good for us both like having that where um especially in the scenarios like you pushing me to like step outside the boundaries because i think a lot of times like the people who are just rule followers whatever it's like there's only so much like success in life or things that you can so much you can achieve if you're just always playing by the rules because the people who are like super successful like and just in life in general it's like they're not always playing by the rules or they learn how to game the rules and it's like if you look at it just very cut and dry like it's kind of my tendency it was like this is how it's supposed to be or like it's something that like we joke around about all the time in my family. It's like, everything has to be fair. Like it has to be. And it's like, well, you know, and even though I heard like my whole life, everything was like, we had to be fair. Like there's four kids and everything needs to be exactly the same for all of them. It's got to be equal because I don't want things to seem like one way or another. But then also I heard a lot like, well, life's not fair. You know, when I say, oh, it's not fair. It's like, well, life's not fair. It's just like, and that's so true, though. It's like life isn't fair. And so if you, you kind of have taught me how to like, you know, think outside of the lines a little bit to where the rules are there, but like, I don't have to follow them to a T or I can like use the rules to get around the rules, you know, type of a thing. I would say like one (laughs) thing that's really benefited us and me throughout my life is being able to say like. If somebody can achieve something that like I aspire to or Mm -hmm. I recognize as like virtuous, like my first thought is like, why can't I do that? Like I can, like, I'll just do that, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, I think that's something that when you have someone like yourself that has like uh, an immense amount of potential in in a certain, like uh, in your case, it's like fight sports. It's like that attitude is so healthy for you because Mm -hmm. it's like, it takes the doubt away, yeah. you know? And yeah. that's something we talked about last night. We were watching Stipe come out and 
you know, this is sort of like in retrospect, it doesn't seem like the best example, but yeah. Stipe is a guy that uh, seems like he has zero doubts about yeah. his abilities, whether he's going to win. He doesn't seem like a guy that like can't sleep the night before a fight because he's so nervous. He seems like a guy that's like, hey, I got to handle my business, but I'm the best and I believe it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's just super, super confident in his abilities and skills. And it seems like there's just not no doubt in like anything he's doing, even um but and i think that's such a skill like it's 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 really hard because i think when you have like like someone like myself it's like i don't know you have to shut out certain voices and you have to like because there are people or just i think everybody goes through that where it's like you've had somebody tell you in your life where it's like well you're not special like you're not like whatever and for me my worries are I don't want people to think I'm too cocky or too arrogant. Like I want to just be like, be humble. But like also like sometimes I'm like, yeah, like I'm pretty sure like I know I'm better than that person, but I don't want people to like think that that's like me being mean or whatever. And I have the opposite view where it's like, uh, (laughs) where it's like if somebody perceives me to be cocky or arrogant, like if I knew that, my first thought would be like, how do I convince them that it's not cockiness, that it's true? <laughs> and I'm just like, how do I convince them that I'm humble I'm and humble. not? <laughs> yeah. But I think that that's like a big part of why our relationship works so well is just we are we are very different and in our personalities and i think that we it's complementary to each other yeah and i think that you know you kind of mentioned the extreme of like opposites attract not necessarily being like you know the rule and then me saying like you don't necessarily want to be the same i think complementary is like the best description Mm -hmm. because i was thinking earlier i was like it's sort of like we stand on each other's shoulders in different areas yeah it's like yeah you stand on my shoulders like you know to innovate or to like push yourself and then i stand on your shoulders like honestly from like a principle standpoint like yeah. where it's like sort of like giving me this structure i guess or like giving me the the lines to keep myself focused enough to make mm-hmm. sure that i i make the progress that i'm like driven to like pursue i guess yeah yeah i think um that's so how do you know awesome. if you find that person i mean i i mean it's weird to say that to you because <laughs> like you and i both like I don't know that there's like a science to how you and I became you and I, but uh, I don't know. Like what, what attributes would you tell somebody to look for? I don't know. I think, well, for me, I think I've talked about this and I've told, I've told this to so many of my friends, but when you and I um, first started dating, I always said like you were, you were nothing that I, expected and everything i ever wanted and i know that sounds like super cheesy or whatever but it's so true because i'm like i felt like god put you like in my life like on purpose because it's like you a punishment were... <laughs> oh, sure, no you it's just like we clicked like it made sense it's like all the things that i thought that i wanted in a guy were like very um superficial i guess like and it didn't really have any depth and then i met you and i was just in like I I had the the superficial where I was attracted to you in like that kind of way, but um, there was so much more that I had not been treated the way that you treated me, you know, yeah. in the past where you know you just were always like building me up and like 
just like the the belief that you had in me like you were always like a fan of me as a person like and I thought like that's kind of how I felt about you too it's like no I like who this person is like you make me better you you push me to be like more than like what I thought I could have done on my own and I think that's like what a partnership is like in a relationship it's like to we're better together than we are apart yeah it's like uh you know I think about it it's like I I I agree we're not gonna fight about this not fighting (laughs) but like it's totally true because I saw in you what I saw your qualities I'm like what could I become with this person almost you know what I mean like you see you see the best version of yourself mm-hmm. through that person's eyes. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that like kind of really sticks out to me, like looking back, but it is one of those things where, um, you know, you can have these ideas of what you think that person is. And then when you, you see it and you start being in that relationship, I think that it should, it doesn't mean it's not work and that you don't yeah. have to try, yeah. but it should feel when you're trying that it, that it's not hard yeah it's not that's the thing is like people always talk about like oh like marriage is so hard and blah 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 i'm like marriage isn't hard for us it's it is easy but it doesn't mean that we don't work at it and that we don't have problems and we don't like whatever it's just that it's easy because if i am having an issue or you are having something like we communicate about it yeah and the communication always isn't the most fun but we're both open to hearing each other yeah. so that we can fix whatever the problem is. I think it comes down to like when you have something that you value, you're willing to put the, the necessary time in yeah. for it. It's like being in shape. Like you and I both like yeah. value being in shape yeah. in in eating healthy or just being healthy. And it's one of those things where it's like, so I have to work out every day. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Like yeah. that's not a that's not a huge sacrifice. That's or anything. all right. That's fine. I don't. I, I enjoy it for the most part, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, I think relationships that way too. It's like you might not always feel like taking that time to like invest in it day after day after day, but for the most part, like you should kind of enjoy it to a certain extent, and it should be a priority, and it should be something that you like. It's a it's a process as yeah. opposed to like something you just like. Ah, I got. I found the right person. So done. Yeah, so it's it, and if we don't get along anymore, like, it's because it's just done. Our time is over. No, like, you have to keep working at those things. I think we've both, um, I don't know, I think it's just it's just easy because it's a priority. Yeah. And you're so, my, like, you're my priority you're over my, other things. You're my priority. <laughs> but I think if you're listening to this right now, and you're, you're listening with your significant other, and it's a really, really caught quiet car ride and there's like some awkward laughter right now you probably need to break up you know like just pull over for gas and just be like you know you should grab me like a pepsi from inside and they're like a pepsi and you're like yeah diet pepsi and then they go in and then you just peel out of there and if you're the person getting the diet pepsi you know what you're better off also like you know you're probably from the midwest Midwest if you're drinking pepsi yeah it's true like everyone else drinks coke it's true (laughs) yeah like a trash person drinking pepsi well, you know, it's not the best. It's number two. Number two for a reason. Mm, sweeter. <laughs> yeah, it is. 
Yeah. It is sweeter. Look into, <laughs> look into it. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all that we have today for, for not fighting. And for those of you that are listening or watching because uh, you found us via Ezoic, um, my my company, which I used our website uh, for an example on stuff. And then I saw that we had a bunch of uh, our uh, company customers watching which they probably watch this and they're like i'm very unimpressed with uh what their executive puts out in terms of podcast <laughs> guys got gym shorts on and stuff it's like hey it's pandemic it's work from home i'm comfortable it's we record also this it's on sunday, sunday so it's like we want to be comfortable so anyways if you're listening and you're like what is this like hopefully you've enjoyed it enough to where you're like i don't know i'm gonna listen to this thing some more because i don't know <laughs> because i don't know because, like, I just want to support the podcast. Yeah, support, support, like, subscribe, please. All those things. So we want to thank everybody for watching another episode of... Not Fighting. <laughs>